Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We ask you, O God, to use and rule over our thoughts and our words, so that it may be your word which is spoken, and your word which is heard. Amen. This particular gospel passage that we have read is very dense and full of things. You can meditate on it, as so many things in the Gospels, over and over and find something new each time you come across it. One thing that strikes me, and this is something that goes uh, back to my childhood, my parents had always very strongly encouraged the reading of sacred scripture and reading the whole thing. And since my youth, I've made a habit most of the time, sometimes I would get a little lax, but most of the time I read through the Bible from cover to cover at least twice a year. And what often happens when I'm doing that is that I come across different passages at different times in the year that when they happen to come together, I divide the Bible up into nine sections and I read a chapter a day from each and it, and it sort of, the sections are of different sizes, so it's like gears that kind of, you know, the cogs and the gears and so each time a reading comes around, it might be next to a different reading than it was the last time it came around. And sometimes some really remarkable uh, things can come up. Peter, in this gospel, asks our Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven times. That's rather generous. I think the rabbis had only required them to forgive three times. Seven times. Now, Peter, of course, I, I love Peter. I get him. Uh, Peter is probably thinking, okay, seven times. At the eighth time, I pop him one. <laughs> right? But our Lord comes back and says, no, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. Sometimes in our English translations, we'll see that as 70 times 7, because the Greek can mean both. And of course, our Lord is not saying, yes, 77 times, but the 78th time you can pop in one. No, he's saying to forgive continually. But there's a particular point in that number 77 that he gives. And remember, the Jewish people who would have been hearing him speak are steeped in sacred scripture. And so when they hear that phrase 7 and 77, they're thinking of a particular passage in the fourth chapter of Genesis. The fourth chapter of Genesis there's a, is the descendants of Cain. Remember Cain, the son of Adam and Eve who killed his brother. And his descendants, one of his descendants, the fifth in line, Lamech, says in a brag verse, I have killed a man for injuring me. If Cain is to be avenged seven times, then Lamech, that's his name, Lamech will be avenged 77 times. And our Lord is deliberately harking back to that passage because it's a very human thing. You've been injured. What do we want to do? We want to lash out. We want to hurt back. We want to hit back and not only hit them for what they did for us, but we're going to hit them harder. And our Lord is saying, no, don't do that. In fact, not even don't hit them as hard as they hit you. But turn the other cheek, he says in the, in the, ten, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And here he's saying, don't 
Re resist that human temptation to hit back and hit back harder. Don't hit back, forgive. And you know what? Don't just forgive, but forgive harder than the injury you were done. Give more than was given to you. That's our Lord's message to him. And the reason is clear. As he says later on in our reading, that if that, the, that God will do this, will, will punish each of us unless we forgive our brother from our heart. It can't be grudging forgiveness. It has to be real forgiveness. Real forgiveness is the only thing that's going to heal us. One thing that you'll come across again as you read the Old Testament, especially the Torah, the, the first five books, the Pentateuch, you'll come across over and over again a particular phrase that, uh, that comes up where again and again, treat the alien, treat the foreigner among you with mercy because you were yourselves foreigners in Egypt. I heard once um, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who is the Lord Sachs, who's the former chief rabbi of London, and he was commenting on that passage. He said something that was particularly striking. He said, you were strangers and aliens in Egypt. Well, it's not like they were being kept as, you know, had guests in the Cairo Hilton. They were slaves. And yet they're supposed to treat Egyptians well? And Rabbi Sachs says, you don't get it. If you don't get Egypt out of you, you'll never get out of Egypt. You will constantly be, if you don't forgive, that injury is going to continue to rankle and fester in you. I'm reminded of something that comes up occasionally in the office of readings when you say the Liturgy of the Hours, a quotation from a passage from St. Francis of Paola, where he makes this, this startling assertion. Startling because it's so true, and yet so very rare in each of us, and also so very sane. Pardon one another so that later you will not remember the injury. The recollection of an injury is itself wrong. It adds to our anger, nurtures our sin, and hates what is good. It is a rusty arrow and poison for the soul. In Latin, memoriam in malitia injuria est. Not only could that be rendered, as, as I just read it, you know, uh, the recollection of an injury is itself wrong, but it could also mean the remembrance of an injury is itself an injury. The key point is this. Unlike that first injury, which was done to me by someone else, the one who remembers, if I remember that injury, if I nurse that grudge, that anger, that which was done to me by somebody else starts hurting, not him, but me. 
Perhaps it might also do an injustice to one, because maybe you unintentionally hurt me in the first place, but that rusty nail, that rusty arrow, is in my own soul. And the wound festers in me if I don't forgive. We must rather, in the words of Thomas a. Kempis in that great spiritual classic that I'm sure is on every one of your Lenten reading lists when that comes up, and if it's not, it should be, the imitation of Christ. Thomas a. Kempis says, spit out the poison. Spit out the poison. Because if you don't, it's going to continue to fester. As we read in our first reading, wrath and anger are hateful things. Yet the sinner hugs them tight. If we nurture that grudge, if we nurture that injustice, if we let it fester in us, it makes us spiteful, hateful people. It hurts us. It kills us. And as we say in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. If we are not open to forgiveness by granting forgiveness to those who have hurt us, how can we possibly expect to be open to the forgiveness God will shower on us if we ask? It's a rusty nail, a rusty arrow and poison for the soul. Forgive, and forgive from the heart, because if you don't get Egypt out of you, you will never get out of Egypt. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.